Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle watches MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Sean Keeler, at Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor equipment, uh, rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, CNC routers, mini skid steers, air compressors, and more. Auction is open at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. So at Sean Keeler, Sean Keeler is in studio today. Uh, you and I have been friends for a long time, and we've had you on as a guest. And I'm thinking 15 minutes with Sean Keeler isn't enough. So <laughs> foolishly, I'm jumping the shark here and going for two full hours. Boy, you, I, I hope you, you don't. Never, I hope you don't make me an idiot. You've never met my father-in-law. No, I haven't. He would tell you that fifteen minutes is fourteen minutes too long. Is that right? I would disagree. Yeah. Well, I would disagree. He's a nice man. He's Canadian. Sorry, he hates me, and he's Canadian. Can you imagine? You don't what get along a jerk with your father-in-law? No, I get along with him great. I love everybody. Eric, yeah. I love everybody. Can we say that for the record? By the way, thank you for having me. You don't love everybody. Well, you don't love Deion Sanders. I don't love Dion. I don't hate No, you Dion. don't. Let's be clear. Hate's a very hate's strong term. extremely strong word. Yeah. Hate's one of my least favorite four-letter words. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Rare that you can get me across town at this hour for just anybody, but for you, my friend. Thank Glad you. to do it. You you have a drive. I do. Without, without naming towns, I am well north of town. Yeah, you are. So you probably had a solid 45-minute drive in? Oh, 50. Is yeah, that right? 50. Okay. Yeah. With that, time now for the lead. <laughs> The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, uh, Nuggets wrapped up the first half of the season on Wednesday with a loss against Sacramento. They head into the All-Star break. Three-game losing streak, even though Jamal Murray and KCP did not play in that game. They obviously did not play very well in that game, Uh, right? They did not. Uh, I want to start this off with a conversation that you had with Christian Brown. And Michael Malone alluded to it after the game, saying, these guys are really, really tired. And you had a conversation with Christian, and he said, I'm more than just tired. I'm hurt, and a lot of guys are hurt at this point of the season, or at least they are banged up. Um, I like Christian Brown a lot. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's the white guy they look at and say, "That's this guy can't play." He's Billy Ho. Yeah, he is yeah, Billy he Ho. Can, he can from jump. White, yeah, from white men yeah, can't can jump. jump. But a lot of people have been on him, saying, "How come Christian isn't taking the next step?" What What does he say about that? And I asked him exactly that, uh, and that was a column that posted yesterday at DenverPost.com. Shameless plug. It's up now. If you have your print edition, and thank you if you do. Um, yeah, because I was curious about that, too. I think he was one for six on the game. Right. He, he had um, a, a, a stop uh, a pop moment. I think you remember in the lane early on that 99.9% of the time. The red flag came up for me uh, again about his legs when I think it was uh, Keegan Murray 
came in and just blocked him from out. He just stopped rather than take it hard on a wide open layup off a Jokic screen. I said, that's not him. He's not right. And there have been other cases of that, too. Now, he went back and then blocked a guy's shot later. He can bring that up and get that when he wants to. But he's not 100%. I'll give you a number because I know you're a deep diver. You're, you're, you're a rear save matrician. You're a smart coach. I'm the Jacques Cousteau of sports. Cousteau. I dive deep. Delighted into it. And it's in the column, and this is the number that struck me. And, and Bennett Durando and I were kind of uh, morbidly chuckling, not in a mean way about this, but just to prove the point after the game. Uh, it's 101. He has played in a calendar year 101, not right. preseason, regular season, and playoff basketball games. You know what you call that? A sophomore slump. It's sophomore slump, basically, because yeah. his entire three years at KU, he played 100. I, I couldn't believe the numbers matched up 101. So what you have is a guy with mileage issues now. And it's not, he doesn't want to make that excuse. He doesn't, he sees it. As yeah, but, but can I counter that just a wee bit? <laughs> Let me counter that. <laughs> He's not playing 35 minutes a night. True. Okay. So him being banged up, I buy mm-hmm. as maybe that's one reason why he hasn't taken that next step. But I don't want to hear about too too much, uh, you know, the, the tread on the tires is gone. <laughs> he's he's playing what, maybe eight, yeah, 18, 18 minutes a game? Minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's and he point. played even less last year. He's the type of guy that you want on your team. He has a chimpy, championship pedigree. Um. He's the type of guy that's going to die for those loose balls and he's going to scrape up his knees. But in all fairness, it doesn't look like he has taken the next step. It doesn't, and it doesn't shooting-wise. His stats suggest otherwise. But then again, Sean, Russell Wilson's stats suggest he had a fantastic (laughs) year. He had a great year. What are you talking about? Right. He's great. They They fixed Russ. Right. His coach wants to fix him to a rocket ship and fire him at the nearest sun, right. but they fixed him. Right. No, and I think the thing with Christian Braun, you have to try to kind of make sense at any hour of the day, is your eye test versus the stats, and that's back to the Russ argument. Absolutely. A whole other rabbit hole. Um, I think there are things that are better. I think there are things that are more comfortable. I think mileage may not be as viable an excuse, but it is a shift. It is, it is yeah. something for everybody at that level. Um, I think my concern when I see him from the eye test all the way down, it's never effort. It's never hustle. It's never want to. It's like you said, it's that, Correct. It's that white guy with the chip. Um, it's it's the shooting. It's that step in his game, which we all knew said, well, if he, a year ago at this time, if he can get to X, he will be Y. And he hasn't gotten to X. And we wonder if that X is, that's going to come. Watching the championship parade. The only person who enjoyed the rally more than Michael Malone was Christian Brown. And I heard plenty of stories about him after the rally was over. With that, I thought that once the offseason hit, this guy's a gym rat. He's going to be firing up 500 threes a day. That's what I thought. Because I'm looking at Billy Ho. I'm looking at the white gym rat who is just going to concentrate on his offense. We know he brings plenty of defense. And energy. and Yeah. yeah. The energy is not going to go away. Right. And the energy is what he does on defense. Right. I expected him. Because let's face it. He is now the main guy off the bench. Where last year, he was the third guy off the bench. 
I just haven't seen that step with any type of consistency offensively. And Peyton Watson, he he is a project. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you needed Christian Brown. According to Calvin Booth, you needed Christian Brown to be last year's Bruce Brown. And he's not. You, you needed him to be. Because that's what Calvin right, said. Right, right, right. You needed him to be 55 to 60% closer to that. And I'm not even sure we're halfway to that point. And specifically. So what's his reason? Uh, well, why isn't he halfway? He's, he's, he's banged he's up. banged up. And the shooting is the thing, again, because this is an offense and a system where it's that's your it's everybody's role. You have the best passer that's ever lived right. in the post. Right. This is your role. Is Your point center is going to find you, be there, and be efficient and be ready. And he's ready. Right. He's not efficient. And he's not dangerous. That's the problem. So all the guys need a break. We saw Jokic the other he's night. Dragging. And he looked like he needed some time off. And unfortunately, he's not going to get. Oh, no, that's the thing. See, but it's not. But it's not about playing in the game, Sean. It's about all of the all of the things that you have to do as an all star, all of the requirements that go with actually being an all star. You got to be at this press conference, and you got to be here. Then you got there. There's just no room to mentally rest. With that, we talked about this. You know, going into the season, I'm sure you wrote about this as well. You got the bullseye on your back, right? That's one reason why it's difficult to repeat as a champ. So with that, what do you think is more difficult about being the champ? Having the bullseye on your back or knowing that your offseason has been shortened by two months? I think it's the second one. And and you could make a case either way, and it is both in a cumulative effect. And we've seen that I'm going to contend with the winter teams here who are best teams in town three times over. Right. You had you had the uh, the pandemic bubble run, right. a short run that then carried over into a shorter start to the season for both teams, to be fair, in the case of the Avs and Nuggets. So, yeah, I think it's the short window by a nose. But the, the, the Bulls, I think, is real, too. I mean, you are you're the Super Bowl for everybody as it goes, but I think the the actual physical wear and tear of that short thing is now this is where that starts to, to pile up. So of all of the teams that win championships in the four major sports in town, and I always have to say it that way because I got in trouble a long time ago by talking about our four teams in town and the Rapids got all in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm not kidding, but you know what? They, they got in my kitchen, but yeah. they were nice about it. Yeah. I was in, I, this one I was working at Fox 31, mm-hmm. and I said on the air, our four teams in town. And they they weren't angry, but they were like, really? Well, why would you say it that way? They, we're, we're a team in town, too. But what they did was they invited me out there for the complete Rapids game experience to show me th- this is a really good time. Yeah. So I did some tailgating there, and then I went in a luxury suite, and I was hanging out with, like, the president of the team. They wanted to show me that there's more than just four teams. That's why I say the four major sports teams. So looking at the four major sports teams, what sport do you think is the most difficult to repeat? The obvious answer, when you look at history, would be football, would be the NFL. Because the Chiefs just did it, team before them, 
20 years ago, right? We've seen more than a few repeats in basketball. More, we, we saw the Tampa Bay Lightning win a whole bunch in a row, right? In baseball, you see it. But I don't know if football is is the most because you're not playing seven-game series and you're not playing two months longer. You're playing one game, which is difficult. It's hard to recover. I get that. But you're playing one month long. Yeah, I, in terms of what's the h- hardest recovery physically, I still think it's hockey because I think that's the fewest calendar. Really? It's the fewest calendar days. I think that's you think hockey's proven. harder to recover from physically than football. In an off, it's pretty close because imagine football, but in a se- now imagine Chiefs Ravens as a seven game series. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that I, it, because it is yeah. you're, you're kind of. I said I had this conversation with somebody about Val the Shuskin, which is a whole other rabbit hole we probably won't do today. But you're a quarterback all the time. And that and everyone is a quarterback, right? Not just the guy getting hit. You're all live targets right. all the time, and statistically, it is the shortest off season in North American sport, including the MLS. Love you, Rapids. Right. It, it, it is that of it. But to repeat, it is sort of a separate argument. And I, I normally would say the NFL because the uh, lack of games and the one off of the playoffs. Uh, can create a little more randomness. The competitive balance makes that a little harder to do. So I said our four major sports teams. I'm going to make a public apology right now. <laughs> we have three major sports teams and a minor league team that plays baseball. <laughs> and the pitchers and catchers have reported. And I got to tell you something. What some of the national guys have said about the Rockies, honestly, I haven't been this critical about them. That's next. I have to have things my own. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Sean Keeler, at Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for vehicles. Contractor and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, mini skid steers, air compressors, and more auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications. But upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, head on up to Siltahar Mazda and go for a test drive. I understand the weather is not going to be great today, 
or tomorrow. However, next week, it is going to be absolutely gorgeous to take a spin in a Mazda. And I'll tell you, they check a lot of boxes for what people look for. And they're routinely, excuse me, routinely ranked top five in affordability, reliability, fuel economy. You want luxury and durability? They've got that too. Head on up to Siltar Mazda in Broomfield and go for a spin or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at paramountsidingandwindows.com. I mean, it's kind of like kicking a puppy talking about the Rockies. (laughs) I mean, it's just so easy to do, and you kind of feel bad when you do it. But I was reading some national guys, and my goodness, they, they, they went out there and took a sledgehammer to a litter of puppies when talking about the Rockies, okay? CBS Sports' Matt Snyder previewing the upcoming season. Uh, he ranked, by the way, the Rockies 29th out of 30 teams. Uh, unfortunately for Jenny Kavnar, she goes from the 29th worst team in the league to the 30th worst team in the league, and only 30 teams. The Rockies haven't won more than 74 games in a season since 2018. That's what Matt Snyder writes. That won't change this coming season either. It's just an incredibly poorly run franchise. ESPN. This is what was written there about the Rockies. Franchise has won just three playoff games since going to the World Series in 2007. So now the team known for the altitude in which it plays has never been lower. Right now, there doesn't seem to be a floor for how low things might get. Wow. I mean, I mean, th- this writing is Sean Keeler-ish. <laughs> With that, is it fair to say that the Rockies have truly become an embarrassment in this city? I think they've been an embarrassment. By the way, I'm going to backtrack on something. Yeah. If you kick a puppy. Yeah. If you take a sledgehammer to a bunch of puppies. A litter. A litter. Yeah, that's what these guys do. Metaphorically speaking, there doesn't seem to be a floor for how low things might get. You will be arrested, and and you you'll be arrested and condemned in this state. Will I be arrested more? Okay, not more. What would be worse? Okay, taking a sledgehammer to a puppy, or organizing a dog fighting ring. Probably, I know one will put me in prison. One will Leavenworth specifically. Yeah, yeah. You and my football career will be over. It will be done. Yeah, Yeah, but you'll you'll always have that Madden cover forever. I will leave that analogy alone since I'm sorry to circle back to that. But let me get in uh, trouble on the show. Regardless, regardless, (laughs) dog guy, it hurts me to think of that. Right, Uh, it is painful and it is embarrassing, but it is honest, and I. We thought the first hundred lost season was the. We thought we'd seen the worst. Yeah. I'm not sure we have, and that's going to be a tricky one because there are people there I like. There are people there I respect. Um, they're not the people who own the team, right? <laughs> and I think that's fundamentally the problem, right? He, Dick Monfort, is quintessential owner meddling because he treats his players like they are his kids and they don't want to trade them. Period. He likes his players so much, even when Dick knows it's not going to get any better, he waits two to three years too long. It's the quintessential, the good and the bad about the Colorado Rockies. 
And to be fair, there are both because there are good things. Is it? It's the epitome of the small business idea. Is the epitome? We should call them the Greeley Rockies. No offense to Greeley, but it's that. I say this is someone who grew up in basically the Greeley of Iowa, as we've talked about. Sioux City, baby. Right. I'm from a packing town. I know packing people. I grew up with Dick Montforts and Sterling Montforts and those folks. Those are those are my blood. Right. Those are not, not not the wealth of it, but right. those are where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, it is a small town, small family operation that feels it and fosters that. Um, I think that sense of community, given what Lodo is and Coors Field is, is great. It's part of the charm of it. And it is, as we've talked about privately, and I know you've talked about publicly, uh, to the phenomenal and almost comical detriment of the baseball operations. And it's a shame because this is a good, good baseball team. This is a really good baseball team. Really is. I'll tell you this. If the Broncos, the Rockies, the Nuggets, and the Avs are all winning, the Rockies are the second most popular team in this town. Yeah, I can see Period. that. Period. Yeah. I, I, I experienced it in 2007. I've never seen anything like it. Now, granted, it was a season or an end of a season like has never truly been seen in baseball mm-hmm. history. But this team, in this city embraced and wrapped its arms around the players, baseball, the Rockies, so on and so forth. Unlike what we saw with the Nuggets last year. Unlike what we saw with the Avalanche. The experience, and that, and, and I can see where, and from afar watching that happen in Iowa and remembering Rocktober, and the postseasons have been here, I can easily see that because, again, the experience, everyone goes in there with a glass half full pleasant. It's, it's something they like to do and want to do and want to embrace at a time also when there's no competition. Feel free, not that you ever need any help from me, this just popped in my head as you were talking because I usually, ask Bruce, I usually think about what I'm going to say next and I completely ignore what you're saying. <laughs> but with that, this is who the Rockies are. The Rockies are what used to be Casa Bonita. Wow. Yeah. You go there for the cliff divers and for the video games. But really, the star of the restaurant should be the food. And it was just terrible. Those are the Rockies. It was cliff divers. You you go to a baseball game to see the baseball team. Oh, I pointed that out. No, I think that's a great parallel. I've said it's the world's largest sports bar. We're just like I'm looking at the producers. Yeah, we're right. And I... As you did, you went to a lot of games at Wrigley, both Covers socially and yeah. yeah, as did yeah. I, and, and and professionally. That yeah, it's it's Wrigley West. It's the experience. The Coors experience is a tourist experience. It's a great experience. It it's at worst a very good experience. It is a family friendly experience. It can be a very family unfriendly one if you want it to be. It can be whatever you want it to be. But the baseball, fundamentally, which goes back to your point in, in the segment, the thing about the Rockies is no matter what they say, and the harder they deny it, the more they're lying, the baseball is second. And it's a distant second. It might be third. Wait, what do you mean? Say that again? To profit, to the experience, to the business. The baseball is second or it's third. It's not about winning because where they're winning is in the wallet, is in the pocketbook. And they're winning. Dick Montford is the Mike Trout of owners. They love him. That's why the All-Star game was here. They love him. Here's here's the thing. I think it is lazy analysis to suggest Dick Montfort doesn't want to win. 
That is 100% not true. Okay? Dick Monfort doesn't know how to run a baseball team. Dick Monfort doesn't know how to hire the right people. Dick Monfort is incestuous with the way he does his hiring. He just doesn't know what he's doing. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to win. He does spend money. They're routinely... I didn't say they didn't spend money. Well, but but that's that's one way you gauge a team Mm -hmm. if they want to win. He wants to win. His problem is he's too close to the players and he doesn't want to deal any of them when clearly this roster needs, I don't want to say needs a rebuild, but you know what this roster needs? This roster needs someone who can identify talent and then have the ability to cultivate that talent. And that's where the real disconnect is with this franchise. They do not draft well or they don't develop well. And that doesn't mean that Dick doesn't want to win. He just doesn't know who to call. He just doesn't know who to hire. But that doesn't mean he doesn't want to win. Let's use a marathon runner as an example, okay? <laughs> You're going to run in a marathon, right? When you run in a, when you run in any type of race, you want to win, right? Yeah. The problem is you want to win, but you're drinking a pair of two-liter bottles of diet soda every single day. You're eating Cheez-Its. Your diet isn't very good, and you're not training. But it doesn't mean you don't want to win. You want to win. You just don't know what you're yeah. doing on how to train. Okay, well, let me take that on a hand and say we can both be right and say that I would say back then, if you want to win badly enough, and if you want to do better in that marathon, in that race, better enough, you will change your diet if you want that badly. Yeah, he hasn't learned his lesson. Well, and that's what I mean by he doesn't. Yeah. Let me say this then. He doesn't want to win badly enough. That might be a better way. But you can say that. You can say, no, he wants to win. He doesn't know how. I think by now you would know how. His problem is his ego that he thinks what he's doing is the right because way of doing it. Because the owners tell him, you are great. And they do. And they believe it. They're like, they're like, this is wonderful. We want what you have. This is what Dick needs to understand. And I love this phrase. If you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always gotten. And he he hires from within. He doesn't try and get any type of outside opinions. And here's another line for you. You know the acronym CEO, Chief Executive Officer? Here's another way to use that acronym. Change equals opportunity. And he doesn't get it. He's a very bright businessman. He just doesn't know how to run a baseball team. Coming up after the break, is Russell Wilson coming back? FanDuel actually put out odds on this because they put out odds on everything. <laughs> and when I see odds, I'm thinking, boy, we got to make a segment out of a shoot. We got to make a segment out of it, which we did. And that's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. 
Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. SmileLiveSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Sean Keeler. At Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor, and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, mini skid steers, air compressors, and more. Auction is open at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Sean Keeler from the Denver Post joining us on the show this morning. He's filling in for Bruce, who is on vacation from me. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to RollerAuction.com slash MHS, and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. Not surprisingly, FanDuel has odds where Russell Wilson is going to end up this upcoming season. Pittsburgh, the favorite um, at plus 100. Broncos were next at plus 350, which is three and a half to one. Atlanta, New England. Uh, Atlanta is four and a half to one. And then uh, New England is at six and a half to one. Are you surprised at all that uh, Denver is second? Are you surprised that they're that high? No, because eighty-five million is a lot of money on yeah. a cap hit. Right, I mean, it just is. Yeah, it's one of those where you're you you process all of the negative vibes, and and I know you've talked about with the uh, with Russ and, and Sean Payton, but then you look at the bill and you go, that mortgage is really really expensive, like yeah. historically. Well, let me so, ask you yeah. then: What would you do? Would you eat it all now? Or would you spread it over two years? I would be tempted to eat it all now in the context of where this league is and what we just saw. And the larger discussion, as I know you've had, about what do the Broncos do now? Because as depressing as the last, talking about the Rockies in the last segment is, you're in a pretty similar boat now. The, the Rockies have a better winning percentage than the Broncos just over the last so, eight years. The, the Rockies' problem is fundamentally on one level, the same as the Broncos, and that is their location. That is not necessarily all their fault, but but that's the one thing they what do. What do you mean their location? That they're in a division with monsters. Yeah. Now, in the case of the Broncos, just one, and then I think the Chargers are coming because I'm a big Harbaugh believer, and that's a whole other topic. But that's, and I think, to go back to the last segment, I think realignment would be the best thing in the world for the Colorado Rockies. You're not going to get that with the Broncos, what they have. But with Russ, it's it's a big bill, I think, assuming they do it, and I think that we're still trending that way, they're going to spread it out. They're going to be Sean Payton. You have to go with precedent, and Sean Payton's precedent is to spend to the cap to push every dollar to the next guy. Let it be someone else's problem and not his. I'm going to respectfully disagree with the where the Rockies sit in their division and where the Broncos sit in their division. The Chargers aren't world beaters and neither are the Raiders. They only play the Chiefs twice. By saying that they play in a division with the Dodgers talking about the Rockies and the Chiefs for the Broncos is not putting enough ownership and responsibility on each of those teams for just not being good. Yeah, but it is the same problem. It, it's a problem. I'm not. I'm not debating that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is they're no. They're nowhere close. If no, they, and they, in the NFL, to your point, you you're not farther away. 
in, in, a, in a cap sport, in a floored sport, you, you should be closer to that, yes. So it's not a perfect parallel. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not close. But, but the fundamental problem competitively, if, you, if you're a fan, is the same, is my point. Is that is, you're fighting for, at best, I mean, in the case of the NL West, third. Any, Who, any who's got it year. worse in the long term? Is it the Broncos uh, or the Rockies? I'm going to say the Broncos because they're at the mercy of however long Patrick Mahomes continues to play. Well, it's so funny and, you should and say I think that. And I think there is going to be realignment in baseball. So I do think. Generally speaking, people will say, you know, it makes great sports talk radio when the two hosts disagree. <laughs> well, in this case, this is an easy one for me. Patrick Mahomes will play maybe 10 more years. Yeah. The Dodgers will never run out of money. They'll never run out of a farm system. This is in perpetuity. The Dodgers are in perpetuity. The Chiefs are this way now, until right, right. Mahomes retires. Unless they're going to turn into the Packers, which they go from Favre to Rodgers to Love. Mm-hmm. And that's as much of an aberration as you will ever see in any sport. And that's a fair point, but the reason I would swing the other way is I do think realignment is coming, and I think if I'm the Rockies... So where are you putting the Rockies? In the Central? Put, yeah, put them kind of goofy Central thing. Like the Avalanche or like the Central Like the Avalanche, Division. right, right. You need to play with the Royals. and the, Now I say the Rangers, and right now that's not a good idea. And the Astros, that's not a good idea. But the Royals and White Sox and Twins, that's a great idea. They're still going to lose to them. No, they won't. Not not the Royals and White Sox. <laughs> the, the, they won't. The, the Rockies roster is awful. It is. Okay. They're never going to have pitching unless they draft someone and develop them because no free agents are coming here. And the Rockies are not good at drafting or developing pitchers. Then throw in the course field effect, which I think people don't understand how difficult it is to build a team to play at home and on the road when you are playing at Coors Field. Right. It, it, it's, it is, talk to any baseball person. And I know it seems like it's lazy analysis. It's not. Mm-hmm. The simplest way I can put it, not to get into too much baseball <laughs> 101 here, yeah, yeah. is the ball doesn't really break here. I understand that there's a humidor. But you are not going to be seeing 12 to, you're not seeing 12 to 6 curveballs. You're not. No. Not here in Denver. But when you go on the road and there's humidity, you see them. And anybody who's ever played baseball knows hitting is about levels and it's about off-speed pitches and changing the speed of your pitches and levels. You know, where's the ball going to land? When you're trying to hit a curveball at at altitude here at Coors Field, the ball doesn't break on you as much. So once you finally get used to how the ball breaks at Coors Field, you're off to Miami right. where that thing starts at your eyes and ends up at your ankles. Right. What? And then you got to adjust to that. To your point that. And it, before you know it, you're back yeah, home at Coors Field. Patrick Saunders and I have talked about this a lot, and I know you know, Patrick, that the Coors effect goes two ways. It's real. Yeah, it is, and it's real both ways. But it's real on the road. Right. And that's, that's what people point. don't understand. Yeah, right, right. Is that it's a stereo effect. We take it one, oh, they have to come here, and there's less spin on the ball, and yada, 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 and the altitude stuff. But then someone who has gotten, somehow had to figure out how to do that here, then has to go to Chicago and Minnesota or Miami or wherever, to your point, where now you're back to normal and you're back to seeable is very different. But I, I think they're both in challenging spots. I I feel worse. I, I feel worse for Broncos fans, given 
the immediacy of the moment and the immediacy of this of Mahomes and where that's at. But it is it's disheartening. And and I'm with you. The perpetuity thing is hard, but I think uh Mahomes is gonna be harder in the short term. It's gonna be felt more here. Without question. Yeah. It's gonna be harder in the short term. Until he retires. And, and Russ doesn't but eventually help. he's going to retire. Right. And the Russ situation doesn't help that. It, it, right. But think about what we just said. Patrick Mahomes has started six seasons, and I'm already talking about when he retires. <laughs> that seems like a horizon <laughs> it's a line. Long way away. That seems like a right. horizon line. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The Habs wrapped up their six-game road trip with a loss in Tampa Bay, and the Broncos extended linebacker Jonas Griffith for another year. Could it provide a big payoff for Denver's defense? That's next on Morning Drive on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Sean Keeler, at Eric Goodman on Tuesday, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor, and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, mini skid steers, air compressors, and more. Auction is open at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Alrighty, guys, just in case you missed it, in the final game of the six-game road trip following the All-Star break, the Avs lost in Tampa Bay 6-3. A Bowen Byram had two goals in the loss, and the Avs led 3-2 after Arturi Lekkinen's goal early in the third period, but then surrendered four straight goals, two of them empty netters. Uh, how are we feeling about the Avalanche following the 1-4-1 road trip? Glad to see Lekkinen back. Uh cringed as everyone else did when they saw when Nathan McKinnon took off the face last night. They're hockey guys. They stitch it up. They come back. Still don't love the goaltending. Still wonder about that defense. Still do. When the Avs won the cup a couple of years ago, they could get away with not being physical because they were so fast and they scored a lot and they cycled the puck well and they got the puck out of their own zone well. They didn't have to be a physical team. Looking at this roster, they got to be more physical. And Jared Bednar essentially called them out last night for not being physical enough, for essentially avoiding checks. That's work ethic. And I think he is calling out their work ethic. Not that they don't work hard during the game, 
And maybe not that they don't, you know, prepare for the game. Although you could make the case some of those guys don't because Cal McCarr called out guys in his own locker room right. about not being ready for games. A, a couple times guys have been called right. out. Right. Yeah. They aren't deep enough to get away with what they did a couple of years ago. You can push this team around. Guys aren't fighting for the puck. You can't score if you don't have the puck on your stick. You just can't. (laughs) Can't. Technically. Yeah. All right, just in case you missed it, the Broncos signed Jonas Griffith to a one-year deal for $985,000, according to his agency, Rock Nation Sports. Uh, Griffith was a restricted free agent. He missed all of last year after suffering that ACL injury, but is a good special teams player, and he could compete compete at inside linebacker as well. Uh, Do you think the one-year extension could provide a big payoff for Denver's defense in 2024? Big payoff? Define big. Um... I think that's a that's a floor move. That's not a ceiling move, if that makes sense. It's good for special teams. It's good for depth. Um, does it move the needle in that division for reasons we've talked about? No, no, it doesn't. We knew what I'm about to say was going to happen anyway. If we didn't already know that Josie Jewell wasn't coming back, this slams yeah. the door. Yeah. It's really that simple. He will not be coming back. Great guy. Great guy in the locker room. Really good football player. He's not just a guy. He's a really good football player. But they need a guy who can have the speed to cover tight ends. Josie's not that guy, and Alex is not that jo- guy. Josie is what we call a, a, a one one speed linebacker, three down guy before going forward. Right. Side to side, North good laterally. Yeah, it, but a division where you've got to cover tight ends and a division where that passing is not that not going to get easier for you. That doesn't help you. Jonas Griffin is a step up in that regard. Um, but they also have cap considerations for reasons we've talked about. That yeah. They're going to have to shed some payroll. Right. The the Broncos have not had a sideline to sideline guy since Danny Turin. Mm. Think about how far back that goes. <laughs> All right, just in case you missed it, uh, 83-year-old sports broadcasting icon Vern Lundquist will be leaving the broadcasting booth for the final time in April after calling his 40th Masters. Lundquist called some of the most iconic moments in the history of college sports and golf, uh, such as Jack Nicklaus winning the 1986 Masters, Christian Leitner's buzzer beater to reach the Final Four in 1992, and the Alabama-Auburn kick six in 2013. Uh, You have any reaction to Vern Lundquist announcing his retirement at 83? Godspeed. I mean, they talk about an iconic, a sound of spring. When you think of, of those basketball moments, you think of, you know, literally the one shining moments, and you think of the Masters, you think of those guys. Um, and you tip your cap. What you got? I have no proof that this happened. Al Michaels got pushed out the door by NBC. He got pushed. I hope Vern Lundquist did not get pushed out the door. By all indications, I haven't read one thing where they said, Vern, thank you for everything, but it's time to move on. So it sounds like to me Vern Lundquist left on his own terms and good for him. All right, just in case you missed it, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred uh, told reporters yesterday that this will be his final term in office and he will retire when it expires in January 2029. Uh, Manfred, who is 65, replaced Bud Selig as commissioner in January of 2015 and has since been uh, given two five-year terms. The owners voted in July to give him a third term. 
Overall, how would you rate Rob Manfred's tenure as MLB commish? On a scale of 1 to 10? Scale of 1 to 10. He's zero and up. No. Uh, there's a two and a three there. They made some hard calls. Uh, I, I didn't. The business decisions were so callous. I, my problem with Rob Manfred, besides that he's lawyer and a lawyer essentially does lawyerese, is you had a commissioner of baseball who essentially, whatever you thought of Bud Selig, I, I fundamentally thought, you know, you talk about with that with uh, with Dick Monfort. I think Bud Selig liked baseball. I don't know that Rob Manfred likes baseball. He doesn't. He likes golf and he likes money and he likes status. I think that when he retires, maybe he will learn to understand the game, like the game, and watch the game. It's not just a hunk of metal that you're handing over to someone. Right. I right. don't think he ever got that. I don't think he ever will. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. When you buy a car, you're going to take it for a test drive. What an opportunity to be able to walk into any of the stores and try out the appliances before you buy them. If you want to redesign your entire kitchen, they have a staff that can do that for you. You walk into a big box store. Oh, uh, you want a refrigerator? <laughs> what can you tell me about the refrigerator? Uh, you plug it in here and it uh, gets cold. Those people have jobs. People at Mountain High Appliance, this is their career. That's one of the big differences. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Nuggets stumbling into the All-Star break. A lot of guys certainly need rest. One guy who has been criticized is Christian Brown. Many people thought he would take a big leap from year one to year two. Sean, you wrote a column about that in the Denver Post. Is Christian a little defensive about what people are saying about him. That's next.